0: Oh, welcome home! We got the lights out. I want to. Obviously, we're talking about lights. Uh, it is Christmas Light Week at our uh, in our ornament series, and we just want to celebrate light um, and and for God's light through His Word, through His Holy Spirit, to flood this place, to flood your life. Um, now, the way the light comes on for us can be different. Um, it can be gradual. Uh, as you see as as Ryan uses the rheostat, and you're not really sure when it when it started but you know that it's greater than when it did and it just keeps coming up coming up others of you have gone through life and and all of a sudden Jesus just revealed himself and the light came on instantly and and regardless you see it's all it's all so tied in it's really the work of the life. we're just trying to give you an idea that, that God has a quest, has a desire. We're going to see in Scripture to take this beam of light that started in Genesis and goes through Revelation. I was going to do it. All right, go ahead. Kids, dismiss for children's church. They love me, and they demonstrate this by trying to get as far away from me as possible. So God bless you. Uh, They're gonna be celebrating the light upstairs while we celebrate it down here. Um, Okay, a couple of things that I forgot when I I don't do announcements enough and I don't do them well. So a little housekeeping, then we're jumping back into the light. So don't go anywhere. Um, The Pierce's, the Pierce's, beautiful people. Uh, If there are any uh, people, uh, college students that uh, are here, don't have a place to eat, They're doing Christmas dinner at their house on South Taylor. They just need to know because they're preparing food. If you don't have a place, you got a place, and there's a lot of love there. And God bless you guys. Um, We're going to put this outside so you have the address and the phone numbers. So just remember this. If you didn't know where you're eating, you do now. Um, You're going to get blessed. Do it. We have a baptism at the end of this service. If God is working on your heart, we have a lot of people uh, over the last month or so Who've uh, received Christ, who've not been baptized, if God is calling you, we invite you to do that. We got somebody lined up for that. We're so excited, Tina. um, We're grateful for you. But if anybody else wants to participate, we're here for you. And we're going to send around this college lunch sign up. There is a budget for this. Uh, We just need people who want to cook this lunch uh, over the course of this next semester. Um, And uh, so sign up. there are a lot of people not here. If you see people who are not here, who um, usually sign up for one or more weekends, feel free to sign them up. So <clears throat> I'm not going to tell. I just want a full sheet. It means that, uh, you know, when you feed them, you're feeding Jesus. So we'll start it here. Uh, make sure you get a hold of that. It is a blessing. Um, good. Good, good. OK. Kids are gone. Um, <clears throat> let's talk. This week, as I said, uh, is our Christmas lights. Um, last week, we saw that the manger was far more disgusting than we imagined. And, and this week, we're going to turn it on its head. And, and lights are so much more beautiful and heavy in their meaning and, and in what God wants to do through light. through And, and we want to see that in Christmas lights and, and be lights And all of that, they're far more beautiful and powerful than we ever imagined. That's what we're looking at this week. And the ugliness of the manger and the beauty of the light, both of them communicate the gospel in ways that we need to embrace and celebrate and live out. Um, Our most uh, ambitious venture in Yuletide illumination, um, Cherie's and mine, is mostly hers. I would say is about uh, the year 2004, and Shri had determined that what was missing from our celebration of the Christmas season was uh, a life-size sculpture of a bull moose, <clears throat> nine and a half feet tall, because as those of you who know the Bible well n- know, uh, that the bull moose is probably the animal most closely related to the first Christmas. Um, so she sculpted. And she welded this enormous thing out of a a broken trampoline frame and enough fencing to corral the cattle in the Gunnison Valley. And in a very wise move, we decided to, the two of us, move it out onto the front lawn without the aid of a forklift. Um, And then she proceeded to cover it with 3,000 white outdoor Christmas lights. I'm a pastor, I cannot lie. This is true. The year, the year that you went out and you tried to find white lights at the Ace, at the Blue Blue Mesa, at the Western Lumber, at the True Value, at the CB store that is the the you know, it's like the gas station quasi-hardware store with the popcorn machine and the cat that sits and sleeps on the cash register. Nothing there. That was the year we did it. We owned them all. Um, we turned on the switch, um, and not unlike the clip, the snow melted for a six feet around. I could lay underneath the legs of the moose in a bathing suit, and get a tan. You probably want to wipe that image from your mind. It will distract you from the gospel, but it's, it's true. We had to take it down because the weather patterns in our neighborhood were tra- changing. For most of you, for most of you, uh, if you're like us, the first order of business when you're doing your Christmas decorating is to untangle the lights, because no matter how, Carefully, you wind them and box them. They need to be untangled. And so that's what we want to do this morning. We're going to untangle scripturally the lights in Scripture because I think sometimes we have a twisted idea of what light is and, and, and how we respond to it and what our responsibility in, is in that. Uh, the image of light is woven all through Scripture and it's always a good thing. It's always a good thing. Um, we're going to do something different. Than what we usually do, we're going to do something that uh, is kind of a, a quick supersonic flyby systematic theology of light in Scripture from Genesis to Revelation, and then we're going to talk about what um, what uh, what we do about that, what Jesus would have us do about that, and some of you, in addition to thinking you have dinner plans, and you don't know what's going to happen now, um, are also thinking this sounds like a very spiritually kind of dorky thing to do, but it's actually very exciting. We're going to move very fast. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, I would, I, you know, I'd suggest that you just follow along, maybe jot down some scriptures to do study later. We're going to cover a lot of ground very quickly. Light is far more than what happens when we screw in a 60-watt bulb than when we plug in a string of Christmas lights than when we flip a switch. It's far more than that. We're talking here about a spiritual revelation, a radiance that is immensely powerful, and it reveals the character and mission of God himself. And so it's very important that we understand it in its depth, in its beauty, in its power, and its responsibility, and, 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 and all of that. Um, and it keeps, there's a beam of light, a supernatural beam of light, as I said, that begins in Genesis. It crescendos and increases through Revelation. We're going to get swept up in it this morning, and I want you to follow along. It's, scripture is one huge, radiant, God-glorifying light show, and I think you're going to see it uh, by what we go. Okay, here we go. Ready? Okay, the beginning of the beam of light, the first recorded words of God in Scripture come in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. What does it say? Very familiar. God said, let there be what? Light. 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 And there was light. So God is creating all the things he could have created first. Animals, people, ground, Ben and Jerry's. He picks light. Light. Light is the first thing he creates, okay? It only gets better. That Light was the first thing on God's to-do list. In the book of Exodus, in the 13th chapter, in the 13th chapter, the Lord is leading Moses and, and the people through the wilderness. And, and here we are in the 21st forest. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way and, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them what? To give them light that they might travel by day and night. God wanted to lead his people. He wants to lead you by light. If you need to be led, if you don't know where you're going, God knows where you're going. He wants to put his light out before you. Later in Exodus, Moses goes to meet with God. And what happens in the uh, 34th chapter, we'll start in the 29th verse, he goes up to uh, to meet face-to-face with God on Mount Sinai. And when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, as he came down from the mountain, Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone because he had been talking with God. Moses, glow in the dark tan, it was, it was that of the glory of the Lord reflected, reflected in his face. When you come face to face with God, your face, your countenance, radiates with his glory. It didn't just stop with Moses, as you'll see. It didn't just stop with Moses. Some of us, I got to tell you, are looking a little pasty this morning. We're going to get that taken care of. Later in the tent of meeting, where they worshiped God, and in the temple that was built, the lampstand was a symbol of the Spirit's presence, the Spirit of the Lord. It was light. It was light, and it continued on. Now, God's light was a constant theme in the writings of David. All through Psalms and others of David's writings, we see the image of light, and it continues to build. In the 27th Psalm, here it is. The Lord, David wrote, is my what? Is my light and my salvation, Whom shall I fear? So here David is connecting God's light with his salvation. It is is driving out all fear. It is giving him confidence. It is giving him courage. It is giving him fearlessness. If you're afraid of something this morning, if you're fearful of the future, if you're fearful of your circumstances, David is saying, God is my light. He can be your light and, and drive out all fear. That's a good news for you. The song that we often sing here, How Great Is Our God, that comes from Psalm 104. Again, David is writing about the Lord's light. 104, picking it up in verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O my God, you are very great. Get this. You are clothed with splendor and majesty, covering yourself with what? Light. As with a garment, he wraps himself in light, the song says, right? And darkness tries to hide, stretching out his heavens like a tent. God can afford any clothes that he wants. And he is wearing what? He is wearing light. Did you hear? Did you hear? Light is the new black. It is. Now designers get to work. Okay, Psalm 119. Psalm 119, David writes... Guys, guys, you gotta watch that. Um, he says, your word, God's word is light. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's still is this still is are you confused with where you're going do do you need to know what your next step needs to be in your social life in your marriage in your job with the economy god's word is a light he knows where you are he knows his plans for you he knows the path that he has laid out for you Spend time with him in his word. It is still a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. He wants to. He yearns to light it up for you. you got to spend time alone with him in his word. It's wonderful. And yet, when our schedules get crowded, it's the very, very thing that we tend to ignore the most. Okay, we don't have time to park it here because the light brigade, is, it's marching. Light is coming in a way that has never been here before. Isaiah uses light in his writings and his pop prophecy to paint a picture of prophecy of the future birth of Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter nine, picking it up in verse two. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great, what? Light, light. that's Jesus. Centuries before, he's talking about the birth of Christ. And those who dwelt in deep land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Are you walking in darkness? If so, there's a potential to see a great light. Have you walked in light and, and now you find yourself in the shadows, you're in the shade and you're moving to darkness in your heart, in your mind, in your attitudes, in your thoughts. There's an opportunity to see that great light. Later in Isaiah, God says, God will pe- douse his people with the light of salvation. Isaiah 49, this is a beautiful, powerful verse. Here it is, 49.6. I will make you individually and collectively as a people, a what? A light for the nations that my salvation may reach the ends of the earth. So the light, which was just kind of out there in front of people. He's now talking about God creating a people of which you are a part, of which you are a part, that you would be a light for the nations. That is God's compassion for all people, his longing and his mercy for all people, for all races, for all nations. He he wants to spread that light. That's why our purpose as a church is to be missionaries here for Western and Gunnison, because that's part of it. God's heart is to reach all nations all people groups, all classes of people, all shapes, sizes, nationalities, with his light. And he's calling us to do it. Okay, Isaiah. Last last verse in Isaiah that we're going to look at. Uh, Chapter 60, verse 1. God gives a wake-up call to his people to shine the light. Receive this. Now, 61, arise, wake up, shine, for your what? Your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. It is great hope, it is great hope. Now, now we have to keep going. It is coming in a way that we've never seen it before. He's He's reaching the ends of the earth. The light is here and the darkness better run. Here it is, John 1, beginning in verse four. Jesus is born and in the introduction to who Jesus is, John writes this, in him was life, and the life was what? The light of men. That is the light, it's Jesus. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. At Christmas, light light has arrived. Light has arrived in a special, powerful way. And, And what do we see? The most famous Christmas light of all is, is probably the light that, um, that the Magi followed. It is in Matthew 5. Uh, no, it's in Matthew 2, rather, uh, the ninth verse. And we'll take a look at that. Halfway through, it says, And behold, the star that they had seen when it arose before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was, where the, the Jesus, the light that his life was. The light of the star led them to Jesus. The light is still leading people to Jesus wherever there is spiritual, powerful light in the word, in God's presence, through his people. It is still leading people to Jesus. So I ask you, as I ask myself, to do a self-evaluation, a self-reflection, to check our batteries, to see how bright our light is shining because when it is blaring, when it is blazing for him, It leads people to Jesus just as it did the wise men. Jesus goes on in his earthly ministry to keep that light increasing, ever increasing. He gives his three closest friends a peek under the hood. And what do you think they see? Anybody, any word, just guess. Light, yes! Great, great guess, there you go. Okay, that is in Matthew That is in Matthew 17, the transfiguration, starting in verse 1. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. How awesome is that? Now Jesus goes on to say he doesn't only look like light, he is light. In John 8:12 we see this. John 8:12 says again Jesus spoke to them saying, "I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have what? The light of life." This is this is the purpose. This is the the He's not saying I'm clothed in light. I am light. It emanates from me. It started with me in Genesis. It built as I led my people. It is all over, all over. Now, what I want to do, I want to take a look at how this reflects the gospel. It's in John 12. We're going to look at 35 and 36 and one more verse. Jesus said this. Now, this, this is happening after... How are we doing? All right, all right, all right. I'm just going to check. All right. Jesus has just done the triumphal entry. You know, this is Palm Sunday. He's talking to the people who are very excited about him for different reasons, but many of them the wrong reasons. And he's pleading with them. He's pleading with them to get it right, to see the light for what it truly is. And he says this, the light is among you. He pleads with them. It's among you for a little while longer. Walk while you still have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in darkness doesn't know where he's going, doesn't know where this path is gonna end, doesn't know where the decisions they're making is ultimately gonna lead them, not only in this life, but the life to come. Doesn't know, cannot see. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. 36, while you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light, that you may become people of light, men of light, women of light, because in him, we not only get close to the light, whatever we're close to, we become, we become. He goes on to say that the people in darkness, he said, you are darkness. And he's about to tell us that we can become light. Verse 46, we see the purpose of Jesus and light. In verse 46 of the 12th chapter of John, he says, I have come into the world as light. Why? So that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. This is God's, this is Jesus' mission this is the gospel, that he is going to the places to the people who are in the most darkness to show them light, to show them life, to show them forgiveness, new life, new hope. It brings into the ugliness a beauty that is incredible. And he's inviting us who are in darkness to any degree to come into the light, keep coming, keep coming. And he says, that's his mission. I want you to remember that as we go forward and say, okay, what are we supposed to do about it? Now, here's a very exciting thing that takes place. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He's gonna do the great baton handoff. It's like a relay race of life. He says, I am the light of the world. He's gonna hand it off right here. I want you to see it. It's very powerful. It's Matthew chapter five, verse 14. We're gonna go back to this, but we're gonna just touch on the first part. He says, I am the light. Now he says, you are the light of the world. Okay, do we see that? It's God's creation, God's revelation, God's protection, God's direction, God's word, God's hope, God's, uh, God's mercy, God's compassion, God's desire for the nation. All that glory that is light, Jesus said it is him. And now he's turning and saying, boom, you belong to me, you're now the light. You're now the light. You are the light of the world. That is so awesome. That is so wonderful. That is just shining in all its radiance and we need to receive it. We need to be blown away by it. Here's a question. Why wouldn't everyone, why wouldn't everyone, especially everyone in the church, everyone who claims the name of Jesus, why wouldn't they want to be filled with Jesus' light? Two reasons. Two reasons that that Scripture gives us that if we're not in the light of the gospel, we've not seen the light of the beauty and the matchless grace and glory of Jesus, God gives us two reasons that that may be. Number one, because Jesus says that you may be one of the people who love not being able to be seen and not being able to see and love to keep things hidden. He says this himself in John 3, starting in verse 19. Let's look at it. Jesus says, and this is the judgment, the light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come into the light lest his works should be exposed. We have parts of our lives, parts of our hearts that we are not proud of, um, that we don't want to be busted for by God or other people. Um, We don't want to change our life, and so we keep those parts of our heart, our mind, our behavior in the darkness, those addictions, those issues, those sins, either because we're too ashamed of them or we love them too much that in the light of Christ, we're still not able to release them. And here's the deal. He only calls things out into the light so that he can not mock us, not shame us, not embarrass us, not make a public spectacle of us, but so that he can touch them and bless them and set us free from them. So there's, there's no issue of, of shame keeping things in the darkness bring it out. He's calling it out into the light so I can redeem it, so I can restore it. And some of us love those things too much to let go, even in the light of the incredible love of Jesus. And he's saying, those things aren't in the darkness. They're between you and me. Don't love them. Love me. I have so much better for you. They are taking the place that light could take in our lives, and so he's calling. The other reason, the other reason, uh, reason number two, if you've never seen the light of the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ, uh, may be that you've been blinded, and that's in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, we'll pick it up, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing, those who are being destroyed by it, Right? In their case, the God of this world who's that? that's Satan, that's your great enemy, has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing what? The light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. You say, I'm not blinded. I just don't see the light. If you're blinded, you don't know what you're seeing or what you're not seeing. We're blind to our blind spots, another preacher said. That's why they call them that. If you've not seen or been engulfed by and been transformed by and are being transformed by the light of Jesus, by the light of the gospel, it it could be that you love the darkness. It could be that you're afraid and ashamed of some things. You don't want to haul them out. It could be that you love them too much, or it could be that the enemy has blinded you. The good news is, if we, if we know about Jesus, we know he specializes in touching blind eyes and making them see. That is not only true in the physical, it's true in the spiritual. So if, if this is you, if God has put it on your heart that this is you, that you've been blinded, pray now, pray this whole service. Ignore me, pray all this day, pray all this night that he would touch the eyes of your heart and open them, that you wouldn't be blind to his light, that you would see it for all that it is so that you might receive it for all that it is, so that he may indwell you and not only pour his light into you, but pour his light through you. That is the grand That is the grand plan. We're going to see it. It's crescendoing. It's crescendoing. It's going out. Revelation, you're going to see from Genesis, through the prophets, through Moses, through, through the Gospels. And here it is, Revelation chapter 1. Verse 16, John, the apostle, is given a vision of Jesus and he said his face was like the sun shining in full strength. It is glory. It is his holiness. It is his beauty. It is his wonder. It is his power. It is his purity. It is his compassion. It is all of those things that he said you are. This is huge. Think about that when you're wiring your tree. I mean, that's transforming stuff. And maybe one of the most exciting verses of light in all of Scripture is Revelation 21. Pick it up in verse 23. Here, John is continuing to write about the new heavens, the new earth, and check this out. This is the light feature, okay? Verse 23, the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives its its light, and its lamp is the Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Verse 24, by its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. All that. That's what Christmas lights should remind us of, should remind us of it's huge. It's huge. So now our job, now that we started to grasp what light is in God's Word, what it is in His character, what it is in His mission, all throughout Scripture, all throughout history, culminating in the beginning of Genesis, throughout Revelation, from eternity in the beginning of all creation that's not, to eternity future, that ever-increasing light, what are we supposed to do with it? We go back to that Matthew verse. We go back to that Matthew verse. Matthew chapter five, pick it up in 14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your what? Light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father, who is in heaven. Now just as we saw in Isaiah, where the light was poured into God's people to be a light to the nations, so that they may be, become glorifying and glorify the only king, right? It's still all about him, and it's still all about other people. The light is not just for you. The light is not just for me. It's to glorify God and to point others to him. He's saying, let your light so shine so that they would see all of that and give glory to me. Point them to God the Father. Bring them home. Love them. What do we do? Be Jesus. Let your light so shine. Go be me. I am the light. I have called you the light. I had poured this into you. Go be me. Go, Go be me. Love, have compassion, serve, sacrifice, bear the burdens of other people, especially those who don't deserve it. Forgive radically, love foolishly, pour out your blessings incredibly because I lavish blessings on everyone. I give common grace to everybody. I give family grace. I give intense grace to my people. Go out and show how much I love, how much I have compassion, how much I want to demonstrate mercy. Because with every interaction, I want you to think about this. As, as God calls us to go out and, and shine and be light, with every interaction, with every conversation, with every transaction at a store or a restaurant, with every relationship that we have, we are doing one of two things, okay? In every case, we are altering the light level in the people we're dealing with, in the places where we're going, wherever, whenever you enter a place, including this church, whenever you enter a conversation, you are altering the light level, either for God's glory and increasing light or not, (laughs) Men, when you come home from work, are you raising the light level in your house? I mean, does your family say, thank God, dad is home? Or do they say, good Lord, dad is home? Are you raising the light level in your home, in your marriage with your children are you interested in that light and ramping it up through your presence and the presence of God that you bring and the glory of God that you reflect? Or is the light that you're most interested in a Bud Light? You know? <laughs> and the light of the TV shining off your gut as Sports Center plays for the fourth, fifth, eighth time. Man, we gotta bring light into our homes. We gotta bring light into our friendships. ladies, Ladies, would your children, would your husbands, would your friends describe you as a little ray of sunshine? Or not? I mean, really. Whether it's the people you're closest to in your dorm, in your classes, when you come, do they sense, are they engulfed with more of the light and the glory and the hope and the joy and the sacrifice and the compassion of the Lord? Or something else? Kids, uh, you have nine words, I think, daily that you speak to your parents. Of those nine words, are you turning up the volume of the light in their life, in your home? Or are you just turning up the volume of your headphones? Um, Because you don't want any part of that. Followers of Jesus, we need to ever be increasing our light and shining it, and reflecting it. Do you leave everyone you encounter every time, no matter what, no matter how casual, when you go to City Market, is this a trail of light that people look forward? Oh, I hope he picks my checkout stand. I hope she comes here. Why? Because I feel alive. I feel loved. I feel hope. And maybe I can't describe it, but I do. I do, and I want whatever that is. And I'm not, talking, I'm not talking about some creepy Ned Flanders typist. Uh-oh, my whole family was just killed in a car crash. Glory to God. No, that's just creepy and weird. I'm talking about wherever you are, whatever you're going through, you are allowing God to be ever-present, ramping up the light in your life and pouring it out, pouring it out, Pouring it out through your countenance, through your words, through your attitudes. Through your attitudes. I want you to see some In this church, there are people who have never been here before. This morning, never been here before. And those of us who camp out here, who are here all the time, that the doors are open. Did we just rush there and say, how can I bless you? What can I bring you? Can I bring you? Can I get you? Here, sit in my seat. You want a donut? You you, you want a coffee? How are you doing? We're so glad you're here. We can shine light in here. We can do it. You know, and half the time, church people look like they've been sucking lemons. We come into here, it's all about us, man. Am I going to have the experience I want? My kids are going to have the experience they want. I hope I like the songs. These people don't know how close I am to going down the street. He better preach short. Well, that's not happening. You know that. All right, we're going to close it up. I got to say this. Let your light so shine before people. Don't put it under a bushel basket. Don't do it. Don't suck the light out of people. Don't ever suck the light out of people by your negativity, by your hopelessness, by your criticism, by your superiority, lack of grace. All of us have a dad or a grandfather or an uncle. It's always a man. I don't know why. Goes through the house turning off lights. Who's in here? What's this? Nobody's in this room. Turn this light off. The meter's running like a top. This looks like a used car lot for crying out loud. Turn the light off. Some of us think that's our job as Christians, that we're gonna go into society. It said that they may see the good that you do, not the things that you hate. The call to be light is not to go into a situation, to go into a, 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 a place and, and, and show by our scowl the things that we disapprove of. Now, you think that's funny, That's what we do. That's what we do. If we're we're consumed with ourselves, if we don't understand the glory of his light, that we want to be the God police, we want to be morally superior and spiritually constipated, that's what we want to do. That's what we do. What? We go in, you know. Oh, see you got a tattoo. Hope that's worth going to hell for. Saw you standing in the line for that R-rated movie. It's a shame you don't love Jesus. Yeah, that's letting your light shine. Let me tell you. Bet you listen to that hippity-hop music that makes people want to shake their junk. Yeah, that's what it means. Walk through the world and show them how much you disapprove. No, go find light, even if it's flickering in somebody. Yeah, but they don't believe in Jesus. I don't care. He doesn't snuff out the the, the ember that is just struggling for oxygen. He kindles it. He blows on it. He he shields it from the wind. See light wherever you go and and nurture it and and kindle it in yourself and in other people. Bless them. When, When you come by, let them be overwhelmed There must be a God. Love them until they know how Jesus feels about them. Does this mean we don't tell them? Yes, we tell them. But we tell them as one who is broken, one who knows what darkness is and has been called out of it. There's a beautiful invitation, man. Come step into the light. It's all by glory. It's all by grace. We We don't want to do that. Okay, Jesus deposits light. He douses people. Don't put it under a basket. Don't put it under a bushel basket. What is that? Don't hide it. Don't be ashamed of it. It is the glory of God. What is the bushel basket that I'm afraid most of us use? The church culture. The Christian culture. Yeah. We we like to get together with each other. That's a good thing. That's a good thing, and we need that. But we don't need only that. We don't need a steady diet of that. Some people only have meaningful relationships with people who are already lit up. Newsflash. The people who need the light the most are the ones who are in the deepest darkness. That's what it means, don't keep it under a bushel basket. Don't be the kind of person who wants to get together with like-minded people and talk about what's wrong with the world and who's to blame for it. Because they never come up with the answer that it's us. And if we would just embrace and shine the light, as Jesus said, all people would come to him. It's a positive thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a redeeming thing. I used to lay under my Christmas tree when I was maybe six, seven, eight light and look up through the lights. I was not a follower of Jesus Christ. But at that time, I felt something powerful and supernatural and hopeful and God was kindling in me something that wouldn't just flash on until I was 16 years old when I finally said, the thing that my heart has been yearning for that I've been blind to all along is you. I don't want to look up through the lights. I want to live in it. I need to live in it. More than that, I need to shine it for you and for everybody that you care about. Uh, The people who are farthest from you and my family and my friends. People use the analogy, I don't know one church that doesn't talk about like the lighthouse, we're gonna be the lighthouse. Here's the problem. Lighthouse stays in one place and it's for people who wanna find the light. Problem is with people who are blinded to the light. They ain't even looking for it. And they need it the most. So go there. Go there. We have people in our um, <clears throat> church that are doing that, Ryan. Where are you, bud? If you would share, there's a <laughs> there's been an outpouring of light in this last week that if you're not involved in, it, I want you to know about it. Because it really glorifies God. And Ryan, if you would share a little bit about that.
1: I want to start by reading a verse. It's Matthew 25. I think we're going to put it up here. Uh, it says, the king, <clears throat> Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Um, that's Jesus speaking. Keep in mind for a second. Um, <clears throat> we found out early, early this week um, about a family in our community who, um, and, there's, and there's a lot of them, I realize, that there's a lot of people that need this this Christmas and that need in general, um, but I found about this particular family who um, literally um, would without any help have nothing, zero, to do for their three kids um, this Christmas, and so um, moved by this, I thought, man, like this could be a great project for maybe one of our um, small groups or one of our a couple of our life groups to team up and kind of tackle this, get a few presents for these kids. Um, and so I sent out 20 emails to some key people, and I think they probably sent it out to, like, 20 more people each. Um, and by now, like, what I had originally hoped would be just kind of a few presents has blown up into this amazing, overwhelming blessing for this family. Um, we have businesses in the community involved just giving stuff. Um, there's a store on Main Street that's got a, I got to go after this, got a box full of stuff they're just giving. They got sizes from me. Um, we have college students who sold their books back at the end of semester, brought, brought the money in for us to use for this family. We have um, college students giving their, we have a student giving his Xbox 360, which probably good anyway. He may have, Maybe he felt convicted because he was failing classes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, but regardless. Um, and games and um, we, have, we have a family that's going down to Mexico to do an awesome thing over Christmas. And they got to front some of the money for that trip themselves. They're given to this family. Um, amazing, amazing source. Random people I don't even know. I got emails and texts and people dropping by giving money and gift cards and toys and clothes. Um, a lot of a lot of people from not even this church. Um, and a lot of people from this church. And it's amazing. Um, so my wife and I yesterday, we went and we took some of the money and we went. And we just bought um, some sweet toys. I was like... I was, like, living vicariously. I was like, man, like, there's this huge monster truck, like, remote control. Like, we were going for quality, not quantity, so they got some big old, like, they're going to be blessed. This family is just going to, um, their world's going to be rocked, and, and they don't know. Um, the oldest boy had his guitar stolen recently. We've had people chip in. We're getting him a brand new guitar, a nice one, not just, like, a first act from Walmart. (laughs) You know? Um, it's amazing, and, um... We, we've had children um, from different families bringing, you know, they have like a little giving fund that their parents are helping them do, and they brought that money. Um, my three-year-old little boy Noah came down and picked out his favorite toys to give to this little boy of this family. And I'm like, really, your favorite? Because, uh, how self, I'm an idiot. Um, <laughs> If you want to be a part of this, it's, it's not over. We're going to deliver these gifts um, on Christmas Eve to this family. So um, see me if you'd like to help out with that. But this family's going to be blown away. I want to read the last part of that verse. Um, because maybe you're wondering, oh, really? Jesus said that? When, when did all that happen? <laughs> then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you stuck in prison? And visit you. And the next part, 40. You got 40? And the king will answer them Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me.
0: We have a friend, Mike Perman, who uh, is our missions coordinator, Uh, lost his job. Um, And in that tragedy, Uh, He felt God's call to go to people who were less fortunate than him. And so he is in Gallup, New Mexico um, with um, a group of um, people that are destitute and, and hungry, not only for the basics of life, but for the basics of light and hope in Christ. And we equip him and send him and bless him um, there is this year there was a, a widow in our midst, um, and the world had beaten her up, uh, and she belongs to us and we to her, because that's what the body is. that's what the church is. And you all gave upwards of30,000 dollars to that um, and to this family. and it's not just about your money, it's about your heart. Just keep the light growing. Keep it building. Keep it shining. Cliff, Jamie, and their 16 kids. Um, no, you have five, right? You have five, right? I No, I mean that in love. I just... We have, we have two. No, I know. And we were so hesitant to go from the man-to-man defense. So I'm, I just... I respect what you're doing. <clears throat> they are going to uh, Mexico with hands and feet. Uh, one of the Acts 29 ministries, uh, beautiful to uh, an area of Mexico that, again, uh, is just struggling for the basics and and needing hope. And there's a Christian school there that they're building. And Cliff is going, he's an electrician, uh, and he's bringing all of the supplies, all of the supplies. In this time when bills are hard to pay and people are losing things, they're not thinking about themselves. They're saying, God, you want this to shine to all nations. This light is not for me. It is for your glory and for those who need it. And the more I pour it out, the more you fill me with it. They're going. They're taking their Christmas to serve and work. Bless you. And I don't, I don't want to get into your soup, but they have been struggling personally, and they're sacrificing phenomenally he's buying like $9,000 worth of wiring um, and, and electrical equipment. And we had a $2,500 match and we have, so the church came along and, and we matched that. So there's five, but he's saying, oh, Jamie and I will take care of the other four. You're giving out of your own need. That's a picture of the gospel um, to communicate God's love for people. So we're going to take a second collection. We don't want to send them off. Um, so if, if you'd like to give to help purchase um, those electrical supplies for this Christian school where the light is going to go on for a lot of people, this is so that people will see the good that God does through us and want to come to him. I want to be known as the church church that is not okay with people in our community suffering, with people in our community not being loved, with people in our community not receiving mercy. It's got to start in our own marriages. It's got to start in our own homes, in our own friendships. And just like God built that light from Genesis to eternity future, get swept up in it. When we decorate our tree, we look for the spaces that don't have lights in them and rearrange it so that there is light there. If we know that about decorating a tree, can we apply it to decorating the world? Because lives and God's glory and the people he loves hang in the balance. What a beautiful call. Get
1: swept up in it. Let there be light. Let's pray.